Welcome back. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. I am Nate Johnstone, and this is Paul Anderson. Hello, this is Paul Anderson. It, it's the real one. I am he. I, I didn't find a generic Paul Anderson. This is the authentic Paul Anderson. And we have been doing a very fun series on being fueled by the future. And we've been talking about how important it is to see things from a God point of view, I guess you could say. See things and see the world and see your life through the eyes of faith in thinking about what's coming in the future. Heaven in particular, but other things that God has promised us as well. We talked about the Israelites looking forward to the promised land, for example. And if we aren't fueled by the future, then we're susceptible to living our life based on what we see around us, based on our circumstances. And that leads to fear. Fear of the future, which is why the Israelites said no to going into the promised land and ended up, they wanted to go back to being slaves because they were afraid of the future. And it leads to worry and anxiety and things like that in our daily day life because, let's face it, life is full of situations that give us every reason to worry and to be anxious and to be afraid. But despite the fact that those circumstances come our way, which we can't change, that's just life, even Jesus and Matthew Sitz said, tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Um, so there is trouble, there is anxiety, worry, fear that come at us. We can choose not to walk in the negative effects of those things by instead walking in trust in God and walking in peace. And we'll talk in the future about peace and about how to walk in that and how to actually do those things on a day-to-day -day basis. But being fueled by the future is really important. I think it's a, well, fuel, fuel is a great metaphor. Mm -hmm. for this because it's what gets us through it's what gets us through these tough times and difficult times or just long times there were times in college where i felt like it was just too long just let me get out of this you know but thinking about the future of after college gave me fuel for endurance to get through it and so i think this is a good metaphor now where are we going to go today with this paul well, we looked at uh, overcoming anxiety and overcoming discouragement. And those who are fueled by the future are also able to take a test and turn it into a testimony. Like and that's that. just not a tricky phrase. It is reality. Yep. That life brings tests to us, and sometimes God brings tests. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that last week. Yes. Count it all joy when you encounter various trials, James said, uh, that it can be a joyful experience if we, at the front end, embrace it, not as something that is going to take us out, but something that's going to prove us and bring us a new inheritance in God. And so, I can think of several places in the scripture where a test turned into a testimony. I'll take one. Mm -hmm. Abraham, mm. Genesis 22, he was tested in a deep sort of way to sacrifice his son. Yeah. And this is, this is his only son. This is the son of promise. Mm -hmm. And so... His future. Yes. Yes. 
the future of his family and the future of the race. And so he took his son and he was prepared to sacrifice him. What a test. Mm -hmm. What an agonizing test. And yet he was willing to obey God. Mm -hmm. What faith. What obedience. And as he was coming down with the knife, God said no. And then he looked into the thicket and he found, uh, I believe, a lamb. Mm -hmm. A ram. A ram. A ram, yeah, who was stuck. And that became the sacrifice. And so the test was turned into a testimony of God providing Mm -hmm. a sacrifice for him. And... And God is not in favor of human sacrifice, by the way. That was yes. not that was not the point. God never would have allowed, uh, you know, Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Um, and I think part of the metaphor is obviously a it's a picture looking forward to Christ mm-hmm. and to God the Father who would sacrifice His only Son. He didn't force Abraham to do the same, but He Himself would, and He would sacrifice His only Son for us. So it's a it's a picture. It's a messianic kind of foreshadowing um, which is I think the main reason that story is there but also it's I think because Isaac is Isaac represents Abraham's future Abraham's promise his legacy is everything and I think God calls all of us to put those things on the altar mm-hmm. our future our retirement our whatever it is that we're looking forward to the destiny that we expect to have our legacy um the next job, what we're going to do when we retire. What Are we going to buy a beach house or just, you know, get 20 timeshares and live at the beach half the year? You know, people have a lot of ideas about what they'd like to do. Some of us have maybe lived with those ideas and worked hard for 75 years and now get to retire and do those ideas. But this is one of those big buts. No matter who you are and what that future is that you've foreseen, God does expect you to put it on the altar. Mm-hmm. and give it to him. Mm-hmm. And he may say, yeah, this is a good plan. Go ahead and do it. Or he may say, let's modify it a bit. Or he may give you something completely different that you weren't expecting. And that's, that is a test. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of us, especially in America, where we have this expectation about the future, that things keep, keep getting better, our houses keep getting bigger, cars keep getting nicer, eventually we retire and have vacation for 30 years. Um, all those concepts are all those concepts are not necessarily biblical. <laughs> yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. Um, they're not necessarily the same thing as take up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. And I think that for a lot of us, we are called to put our future on the altar and give it to the Lord and honestly tell him, my future's in your hands. Yes. You tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. And I'll walk into that future without fear mm-hmm. because I know that's the future you're calling me to. Mm-hmm. This was a total side sermon. <laughs> I think maybe it was just a word that God wanted uh, some of you to hear, but I felt like I was supposed to share that. We got it in. And uh, I'd like to share some things about endurance mm-hmm. because that this has been a strong word as we've looked at 
being fueled for the future, fueled by the future, that if we are, then we're able to endure. So what does it mean to endure? Mm. What does that look like? To bear, to go through, to hold out against, to withstand, to sustain without yielding, to tough it out, to stick it out, to not give up, to keep on keeping on, to hang in there, to take it patiently, to resist quitting, to put up with, to persist, to remain, to hold one's ground, to don't throw in the towel. Was that enough? Nope. There's two that Winston Churchill used to say. (laughs) Winston Churchill used to say to Londoners during the Blitz. uh, Well, there were two versions. There was the cleaner version, which is keep calm and carry on. Uh And they put that on posters and they put that everywhere. Keep calm and carry on. Yeah. Um, More privately, he would say KBO, which means keep buggering on. Hmm. And buggering is kind of a not a nice word in okay. in England. So so they had the cleaner version for the public. But that was, hey, just keep going. Keep going. We'll make it. We'll make it through. Carry on. But it was tough. They were being bombed every night. <laughs> wow. So endurance is a significant quality for end-time followers of Christ. The disciples were admiring the beautiful stones of the temple, and Jesus said they would all be rubble one day. They asked when, and he used the opportunity to speak about the end times. He said, take heed that no one leads you astray. In other words, hold your ground. Mm -hmm. Then he spoke about apostasy and wars and famine, earthquake and persecution. And because wickedness is multiplied, most men's love will grow cold. Most Christ followers will not hold out. Then he says, okay, here it is. But he who endures to the end Mm -hmm. will be saved. Endurance is a big word for end time Christians. Paul spoke about end times in 2 Thessalonians and 2 Timothy 3, saying that there would be times of stress. He wrote about recklessness of the human race descriptively, Finishing by reminding Timothy of his own patience and suffering, adding, what persecutions I endured, saying that all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough. Yep. Life is not easy. And the enjoyment, we look forward to that new earth, that new life in Christ, and we're willing, as is necessary, when necessary, to endure even when he cannot enjoy. Mm-hmm. You with me? Yep. Okay. The book of Revelation, written to help suffering Christians withstand evil, starts with the author saying, I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance Hmm. was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. He commends the church of Ephesus for its toil and patient endurance. Chapter 2. He tells the Smyrna church, be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. And that's literal. These people were being killed. 
Yes. So be faithful unto death doesn't mean stay faithful until one day you die. He means literally be faithful while they're killing you. Yes, you're right. Scary. He commended the church of Philadelphia because you have kept my word of patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial which is coming upon the whole earth. He urges them, I am coming soon. Hold fast. That's another word for endure. Mm -hmm. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. So endurance is a strong word for the people of God in end times. He that endures to the end will be saved. Paul told Timothy, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It sounds a little bit negative. Mm -hmm. We need to endure mm -hmm. as if it's going to be tough. Well, it is. Yeah. That's exactly the point. Life is hard, but if we acknowledge that it's hard, it just got easy. When we acknowledge that it's a war, it's not a picnic, it's a war, and there are going to be casualties, then as we embrace that reality, then we learn to endure, and we can do that, and it, it got easier. There are a lot of Christians who have been in American Christianity for decades who have literally never heard this. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yet it's everywhere. It's all throughout the Bible, this idea yeah. of enduring, the idea that yeah. in this life you will have trouble, and take up your cross and follow me, and suffering everywhere. Um, it's all throughout. It's, it's guaranteed. Life is suffering, and we will experience more suffering than the average if we're following Jesus, because added to that normal life suffering will be persecution mm -hmm. in some form or another. And in, you know, the churches in Revelation you were talking to there, that's extreme persecution. Paul himself endured many things, like being stoned twice. Yeah. Um, it's all throughout, and yet I think a lot of us in America don't even realize it's in the Bible. Or if people bring it up, would be more likely to rebuke you mm -hmm. than to listen to what you have to say. Yes. No, we're not supposed to endure. We're supposed to prosper, mm -hmm. they might say. Mm -hmm. How would you respond to that? I had uh, a sad, interesting experience as a pastor at Trinity Lutheran when I was bringing in some new members, and there was a prayer that was from the liturgy that I was praying over people, that the Lord strengthen you, that you may be faithful through hardship, or through suffering, I can't remember what it was, faithful through suffering, and uh, strong unto eternal life. I don't remember exactly how it goes. And a lady looked up and said, don't say that prayer over me. And I knew why she was saying that. Because she expected an easy life and a happy life. And she did not, she felt that suffering would make it sinful and wrong that she was supposed to have it easy and happy. So there are those who believe that if you are doing it according to the book, if you are living as God wants you to live, that it's a fun life, a good life, an easy life, and it's just the opposite. Mm -hmm. Now, it could still be good, even when you're suffering, of course. Yes. 
Um, but yes, I know what I know what you're saying. The the easy easy street. Mm-hmm. Which I would ask that person, why did all the apostles get murdered? <laughs> mm-hmm. If if following Jesus properly means you're going to have it easy, why were they all killed? Except for John, who was exiled to some abandoned island, barren island in the middle of the Mediterranean. Um, it seems to me that people who were following had it rough. Including the Lord of Life. Yes. The leader of the pack. And Jesus certainly lived a good life. He was certainly doing it right. Yeah. And yet, the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. And I even think, while he was alive. Yeah, I think that one reason why we don't have more difficulty is that we choose the easy way mm. rather than to follow Christ regardless. And that's convicting. So it's not as painful if we don't pick up our cross. Yes. Mm-hmm. If we stay on the couch instead of picking up our cross and following Jesus, it goes a little smoother and we have a, a little bit less suffering. Mm-hmm. But we also get nothing done for the kingdom and we live in disobedience. So there's that. Where there is hardship, there is uh, revival. Mm-hmm. There is uh, church growth. Mm-hmm multiplied church growth look at china i mean that's a great example yeah the church had to go underground and flourished now i don't want you to misunderstand that and hear us saying we should ask for persecution right or we should want these things to happen so i hear some people talk about how they'll say things like oh well the Christianity in America is going to be illegal soon, and we're all going to have to go underground, and we don't we know we know this is coming, and blah 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 blah, and they say these things, and those are times where I do want to say I rebuke that, because that's not biblical. They say pray for your government so that things can go well with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't want persecution if we don't have to have it. <laughs> that's just a martyr complex. That's bizarre. That's weird. Uh, We don't want persecution. We don't seek after it. In fact, the Bible says pray against it Mm -hmm. so that you may escape the coming trial that is coming on the rest of the world. That is clearly in Revelation there a good thing. Mm -hmm. To escape the trial is a good thing. Um, To pray for your leader so that things go well with you, that's a good thing. But it's not always going to happen. And so we are in no way saying... Uh, welcome persecution, pray for it, hope that it comes. And I personally do not think people should go around saying America's going to fall into the pit and everything, we're going to be illegal, we're going to be an underground church like China. I think way too many people are saying that. I think that's very unbiblical. Yes. And I think it lacks faith. I'm with um, you. And that's, so that's, that's taking this too far. Mm-hmm. That's taking this idea that, yes, we will have suffering and we will face persecution in life if we follow Jesus. That's true, and that's in Scripture. But it's taking it too far to say, therefore, America's you know, going to hell in a handcart or whatever, and we're all going to end up in that way. That, that's too far. That's, that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. We don't need to go there. I'll, I'll use a little example. When I talk to couples preparing to get married... Mm. If I say it's going to be hard, it just got easier. If I say it's going to be easy, it just got tougher. They're going to come in for the 4,000-mile checkup, and they're going to be dazed. If they make it. <laughs> yes. And they're going to wonder what happened, and they're thinking about this guy who, 
this jerk who doesn't pick up his clothes and they're complaining about each other because they expected it to be easy and it was hard. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And when he said that, they grimaced because they knew what a cross was. Mm -hmm. That was before his cross, of course. Yes. Well, a cross, they knew, a Roman cross yep. was. It, it was not fun. It wasn't jewelry. It was suffering. Yeah. And so if he says, take up your cross, there's going to be some hardship. And we can expect that. Once we expect it, like a, t a marriage that will be tough, it'll be hard to deny yourself for any other person, even someone you love, mm -hmm. then it just got easier. Because mm -hmm. now I embrace that, and then I have true joy in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. I can deny myself for my wife, for my children, for our future, and it got easier. So that's what I'm saying, that endurance is a positive word. I ran a few marathons, and it was wonderful until I started thinking of where I'd rather be, and I went once, I sat down, Oops. and uh, on the curb, that was a mistake, because I didn't want to get up again. It was hard to finish the race. Mm -hmm. But you continue on, you keep running, and my, how wonderful when you finish. I, I once drove 26.2 miles. Whoa. Does that? <laughs> that counts. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. Let's let you're right. We we don't want to overdo it on this endurance thing, and then on this other side, we don't want to just say, "Hey, it's going to be fun and happy and yep. and uh, easy." I see a lot of people on either side of the horse. Yes, it's better to yes. ride the horse. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So why don't why don't you take it in into prayer? And uh, this this is the last one in this series. And well, Father, we thank you for the fact that you invite us into the future. Mm -hmm. And you invite us to have a part of it. And you tell us about it now. You talk about rewards. You talk about heaven. You talk about eternity with you. We know that Jesus himself endured the cross because mm -hmm. of the joy mm -hmm. that he had when looking at the future with us that he was going to purchase through the cross. And so we thank you that we don't have to walk around blind. Even though we don't see a lot of specifics, we do see what you've given us in the scripture, that our future is wonderful. Yes. And Lord, I pray that you would help us, if there's anything that we're doing in our life right now, that we need to stop doing. Yes. If we yes. need to stop looking at things from a mindset of like the slaves in Egypt, a mindset of negativity, a mindset of just looking at our circumstances, doing the math and saying, we're in trouble. This is bad. Lord, help us instead to have the mind of Christ and to look at things with the future in view. And so, Lord, if there's anything that we need to stop doing, particularly stop ways that we need to stop thinking, mm -hmm. I pray that you would reveal that to us. Lord. Mm -hmm. Show us those mindsets that need to be transformed in humility under the power of the Holy Spirit. Mindsets that lead us to a life where we're often worried, we're often discouraged, we experience anxiety, we find thoughts about the future to bring fear instead of excitement. 
Lord, if we find ourselves in those places, help us to stop thinking <laughs> the way we're thinking and stop having that mindset and instead to start looking towards the future, to trusting in you and to looking to what you have called us to do, Lord. Not expecting life to be perfect, expecting there to be trouble here and there, but knowing you are there with us and that you are going to get us through no matter what. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a giant, you can still help us take that thing out. And so, Lord, we pray that you would lead us. We thank you that you, Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth. And so lead us into the truth in our own minds, our own lives, to show us what it is we need to stop doing, what it is we need to start doing, how we need to change. And Lord, if you've brought conviction, maybe over the last few weeks as we've talked about some of this stuff, if one of us listening is like, whoa, I... I'm worried about the future all the time, or, you know, I'm fearful all the time. You know, if, if you've brought conviction, then help us just to repent of that mm-hmm. and to let it go and to receive your forgiveness and move on mm-hmm. and change. Repent means to change, to turn, and help us to turn to you. And Lord, we thank you that you promised us that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. And so if our thinking right now, if the way, our attitude, the way we view life and live life is not in accordance with your word and your will, mm-hmm. we thank you that you can help us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that's not something that we do in our own strength or as an act of our own will. It's through the Holy Spirit. But we do, as an act of our own will, cooperate with the Holy Spirit in that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a dance. It's a It's a duo. It's... The oxen, Jesus said, um, you know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's referring to oxen who are yoked together two by two. So it's us and Jesus working together mm-hmm. to help us go where we need to go and plow the fields we need to plow. And if we do it with him and submit, then it's, it's easy in the sense that it fits us. Mm-hmm. It fits us perfectly, actually, is what it means there in that passage with the yoke. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are bringing us into that kind of a life. We don't expect it to never be difficult, but we do expect you to be there in our difficulties. And we do know that you are going to bring us into a wonderful future. Mm -hmm. After this brief and fleeting moment in life on earth is done, and we step into eternity, we look forward for that. And I pray that you would help us to think about it more, to look forward more, to that eternity, look forward more to heaven, to look forward more to the fact that our life is so long. Eternity is a very long time, as it turns out. And this period on earth is so short compared to that. Help us to have that mindset that we are strangers in a strange land. We are visitors. We are ambassadors in a foreign country. Our whole life on earth is that, as ambassadors in a foreign country. Help us to view ourselves as that, to help us to be, to have an easier time with letting things go and sacrificing and overcoming and uh, being willing to walk through difficulties and struggles because we're in a strange place. Mm-hmm. That's part of the job that we've been given, but it's not going to last forever. Eventually, we will go home. And we will eventually all go home with you one day, Jesus, and we look forward to that. Help us to help us to look forward to that more and keep it in the front of our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. 
That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.